Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the 3 on 3 podcast. We're down to the final four. The quarterfinals are done and dusted. Results some of us didn't expect, some of us we did. And we have a few more retirements that's happening that's been announced this week. Very quick show, but no doubt we'll have the normal good content as we have the diva and a refreshed Scott uh, after a, a weekend away. Gents, how are you both? I am tremendous. I have put a lot of ghosts to bed. My predictions were spot on. I want it noted that I'm the only person on the pod that called Nottingham to beat the Tories um, and all the other games. And I told Scott that his team would just poo the bed and they did. So, yeah, four from four. Great. Oh, well, I had a lovely, lovely weekend in, uh, in Skegness. Uh, so I wasn't, uh, I was watching the games. I managed to watch the games. Yeah, disappointed, disappointed with the outcome. But, you know. Life goes on. It was always next year. You were a Coventry fan or a Nottingham fan saying that. Um, but like, good to see Diva being Diva. Um, but yes, you did get all the predictions correct, on. so congratulations on that one. Um, it's took you only 30 to, 31 episodes, so you know better late than never. Um, it's not about how you start, it's about how you finished, David. Now, come on. It's not a marathon. <laughs> well, it is a marathon. It's not a sprint, is it? It's certainly not a sprint with all three. <laughs> <laughs> There's no point in being good in, in September when you can be good in April. That's the best time to be good. And I'm like a good playoff team. I peaked at the right time. Oh, there's too much material. We'll move swiftly on to the quarterfinals. So what we'll do is we'll just go for each tie individually. Um, let's start just on when it started first. So the Manchester-Sheffield tie, which was Friday night, was a two-all game. And then Saturday, Sheffield won 5-2 to go through 7-4 on aggregate. First time since 2018 that the Steelers will be at the final four. John, I'll bring you in as you watched, I believe, both games. Um, yeah. What was your thoughts overall on that time? Mm, um, I guess much of a much just to be expected. Uh, we're talking about the Sheffield game or the Coventry game first? Uh, both a little bit. M- Manchester and Sheffield at the time. Yeah, I didn't see the uh, the Friday game. Isabel watched that one. I didn't watch that one. And I think at 2-0 you start to think, oh, well, they're going to blow Manchester away, to be fair, because that would have been the two games, if anything, you'd be a bit, I suppose, apprehensive about. Obviously, Storm came back to 2-2, which made it a bit interesting. Um saw the stat that I suppose I think five or six years since Manchester won in Sheffield, which I suppose gives a good I suppose onus on the the team, but by the same token record will be there to be broken, so I suppose it was a bit of a banana skin. Um Sheffield are comfortable. I know Manchester took the, the lead quite early. Um and as you start to think, Oh, hey, here here we go. But to be fair, I don't think they've looked in the tie in the second leg. I think Sheffield coasted to that win. You could never say never in hockey. You know, it's like it takes a dumb penalty or a dumb play all of a sudden this game on. And but I don't think Sheffield were ever under in, in any pressure. The Coventry game surprised me because um, whilst I did predict they would win, Coventry I thought would come out a bit uh, well fly, which they did to some extent for a little while. But again, kind of soon took control and they picked them off. And I think everyone pretty much knew the tie was done after one leg. Five one away. It's tough to come back for Coventry. Um, they made a game of it to be fair and then they came back a bit yesterday and they took the 2-0 lead but I think that the damage was done on the Saturday I think really it's a big ask to try and win by 4 or 5 in Cardiff who typically qualify for the playoffs every year more or less so shame for Coventry that they kind of peaked a bit too soon I think the, the league game like we talked about 
recently was probably a bit of a shame to play them and would have been a, a nice time to some extent to sort of almost take a loss. But Cardiff, yeah, they coasted through in the end and I think it was pretty much um, as expected for the four big teams, if you can call Nottingham a big team, through. And I'm sure the league is delighted. The coffers will be full, I'm sure, with a lot of uh, fans coming back for the first time for a few years. And uh, it's exciting, but by the same token, um, it makes it tough to predict who is going to take the big prize come the weekend. It does. I'll go back on to the, the Friday night game. I felt, I don't know what Isabel uh, thought, and hello to Isabel. Uh, I, I felt that was one of Sheffield's probably best performances in Manchester, and it's just a rink that Sheffield struggled to play. Um, but it was controlled, it was structured, and they did well. Uh, Brodeur was outstanding. In fairness to me, he was outstanding both nights. And, and I would, you know, when you just watch them and you hear lines, you just hear gloves say Brodeur. I'm thinking, I'm watching a game recorded in Notre Dame, New Jersey. It was just so weird, just the constant all the time. Um, it was just that, min- that crazy minute where Manchester somehow got in the tie. You think, you know, Christ, it's going to happen. But taking a tool uh, score to Sheffield, I think was still good for, for Sheffield. I think if they'd have gone with a deficit, I think the ghosts of the five semi final may have come to haunt them. But from a Sheffield fan perspective, uh, glad it didn't. I, I must say the uh, Champini Allen Newman line was outstanding throughout the weekend. Um, but like I say, also Brodeur was outstanding for Manchester. You really gave him a chance. Um, and they just—I don't know if they got the stage right. Uh, I know we spoke about it with um, with Sullivan. Um, that, you know, who could have got the stage right? And I think Manchester may just had a bit of stage right. But fair play, the result gave they had a, a fair turnout on Saturday. Um, and yeah, yeah, I think Sheffield. You think you're right there, John. Um, I'll bring Scott in very shortly on that one. Uh, they coasted it, and they're in there at the final four. Cardiff commentary, yeah, I think the damage was, was done on Saturday. Um, five-one scoreline. You're thinking, hmm, if commentary get the an early start and get the jump on and make Cardiff panic. You never know, but I, I don't think um, that ever will happen. But what I will say, though, is watching that game, if it weren't for Ben Bams, the goal of that a fair number of Cardiff fans slated all season. Then I think Coventry would have had the lead because um, I thought he, he kept the minutes um, in f- fair play to him. So, Scott, you managed to um, get what to watch, as you mentioned already, the games. What were your thoughts on the uh, the Cardiff-Coventry series? Um, we made a rod for our own back, really, I feel, starting uh, also over Rania. We brought Rania in and he's been, he's been fantastic. Um, I think Danny's Made a mistake there with a little bit of loyalty towards Holter. Uh, I wouldn't say he was at fault for the goals. It wasn't like uh, he let five dodgy ones in, but I felt like the defence made some errors in front of him, thinking mm, he is behind us, whereas they felt a lot more comfy with Rania behind him. Uh, Bounds was a big save, a big, big save at 2-1. Um, he showed it that he is a championship winning goalie. And yeah, and the, the the tie the tie was done going into Sunday. Yeah, we we gave it a go, but I don't think many teams will go and get five goals at Ice Arena Wales in a playoff game, which uh, Cardiff are notoriously good at. Uh, as a spectacle of games, all right, was okay. I think more of the off ice stuff was probably more what was going on. But I'm sure we'll have a quick chat about that later on. Um, as for Sheffield, just want to quickly mention Sheffield. You see it's 2-0, you think, right, that's it, job done. Then Manchester 2-2, and you think, oh, God, is it going to be big crowd at Sheffield? Um, the, the bottle jobs 
that the Sheffield team to have become recently. So I think that's a monkey off the back for the Sheffield Steelers as well, and that will do them well going into the weekend. It's a shame for me that Coventry couldn't play Belfast. It was never going to happen, obviously. It was never going to be the, the way that the league was going to end. I think Belfast might have been a nice tie for Coventry to play. I think they may have caught Belfast out a little bit. Fair play to Glasgow. We know, well, again, we'll talk about it, I'm sure. They took them all the way right up to the last few minutes of the game. But I just feel a card if it was going to be Coventry. I really do. I think that whilst Coventry, to be fair, over the season, have had the upper hand in terms of numbers. I think they've won six games, I believe, um, over the year. Um, so they definitely have had the upper hand. I just think that Coventry could have done a bit more damage against, against uh, Belfast than if they could have played them and beaten them. That would have been absolutely amazing. But it wasn't to be, and Glasgow tried their best, bless them. But, um, yeah, the big four are there, and it's going to be uh, an exciting, tense, stressful, nasty weekend, I'm sure. It will be, indeed. Um, we'll mention the Glasgow-Belfast tyres. Uh, John's uh, nicely uh, led us into it. Um, Belfast only taken a 4-2 lead into the second leg, where everyone was expecting quite the hammering. And Glasgow won 4-3 on the Sunday, but only missed out on a goal. Um, we'll mention Glasgow first. Um, and I know we have, rightfully so, many times on this pod, hammered the clan off ice and on ice for many, many things. But you've got to give kudos to that type of battling performance against a team that had been scoring for fun, defending very solidly, to actually take them all the way in a two-game series where no one thought the case. You've got to give you, got to kind of tip your cap to them to, on an effort well done. They didn't get the job done, but still, given the expectation, that was a fair effort from the clan. Yeah, it was indeed. Uh, I was interested in to see how low the crowd was. Um, I think that was a big statement by clan fans about how they feel about the ownership in this team. Um, but yeah, we all thought it. Most, I think probably the majority of Glasgow fans thought they would have no chance going into the tie. And it led me to think about when you win the league and then you go on to the playoffs, it's not, it doesn't get done very often in the, in, in the reality of this league, is it? What we are in our 21st season. I think it's been done four or five times that the league winners then went on to win the playoffs. Uh, is it the, that energy that gets you over the line and win the league? Does it sap out of you? And it's, it's the difference of where you'll actually win it. I mean, Belfast will have a very good chance of winning it, but you would have expected them to not have struggled through that weekend. I don't know what you guys think. Yeah, that's, that's a fair point. It's something over the years I've always kind of thought to myself how it seems to be the best over 54, 56, whatever format we've had over the years' games. I obviously struggled to do it before. I know it's the old cliche, it's a new season, everyone's equal, blah, blah, blah. But it does seem a bit of a, a tough one to crack, how they, they don't sort of seem to keep that form going for the last few weeks. I know Coventry have done it, Sheffield has done it, Cardiff have done it obviously a couple of times and Belfast have come close to doing it certainly um, and if they do manage to get it and okay they get the grand slam and fair play to them but yeah it's a bit of a weird one I think it's possibly a little bit of as you say fatigue maybe the kicks in this time of the year you know mentally it must be exhausting when you're a coach or a player week in week out for the last maybe two months where it's been potentially longer where every game you've got to be dialed in it's like a game seven every time the league is so brutal we joke about your card and lose a game in the other Wednesday you know that's as important as playing a Belfast or a Sheffield or a Cardiff on a weekend and that mindset it must be exhausting I mean as a fan I'd be sometimes over the, in the previous years 
go into games, even just watching, feeling, oh my god, I can't go through that again. And then the next game comes along and you go through it again. And because the games mean so much. And it is interesting because I think, honestly, that the way that the, the ties have, have fallen now, if anyone is to stop Belfast, I truly believe the three teams that are there are the best three to try to potentially do it. I think there was not even a poor season. They've got, obviously, at least half the arena supporting them. OK, it doesn't always work if they're playing a league game with the whole arena supporting them. But I think that Nottingham have just kind of been written off all year and Corey's back. And how Nottingham would that be if they'd been crap all year and they go and win the whole thing? And obviously, we all know that Cardiff and Sheffield's two good teams, both probably capable of beating Belfast on their day. If I'm honest, I think Cardiff are the better team to, to beat Belfast. I think Cardiff have got a better mindset than Sheffield have to, to beat Belfast. I know you're both looking at me as if I'm talking like absolute rubbish, but I just know I think just there just seems to be a bit of more of a, a nastiness, should we say, when Cardiff and, and Belfast play each other. The fans don't like each other. The club doesn't like each other. I, I just think I just think it's a bit more in it for Cardiff to beat Belfast. I don't think there's much rivalry with Sheffield and Belfast. And I just think that the winner of that tie, if Belfast do go through, I think everyone supports that team against Belfast. I don't see many neutrals wanting Belfast to go and do the whole thing. I may be completely wrong, but I just hope the winner of that game goes the whole, all the way personally, obviously, that that stops them from getting a grand slam because we'll have a long term, otherwise not stopping hearing about it. Are you suggesting that you deactivate all your social media just so you don't hear it? Uh, it's been commented, uh, we've had this chat a couple of times, and I think I may have to go AWOL for about four months, if I'm honest. Maybe keep on until GB's out of the way, so hockey's fully finished, and then maybe from May the, whatever, 4th or 5th, wherever it is, till end of August, I might have to go ahead my I think, yeah. Um, I've got to jump on the point that Scott made in terms of the attritionalness of the season to then get going for, in essence, another season, and... A lot of people take the piss of it's a four game. It's not really, you know, why would we say calling it the playoffs? It's not a best seven and all that. But it's a brand new season and you have got to be on the go from the off. Whereas you don't have the chance of, you know, lose game one, two, but win three, four, five and six to make it to the next stage. You've got to be on the go. And if you look at Belfast, they had to, they were still battling to the very last second. May had a game rest. Well, we, we know they had a game rest as the, the scoreline in Dundee. But that has to take it out on you. You look at last season, you know, the battle with Sheffield all the way to the, the to the end. Um, and they just, you know, either ran out of juice or Beskwana had his worst game ever in the final. So it's a very valid point. And I think that's maybe the thing that Belfast have left to tick to actually, they've got the team and everyone knows they have a team to do it. It's having that energy and ability to just drag themselves over that finishing line on Sunday to, to finish the Grand Slam. Um, I there's not going to be a neutral there in any of the games um, whatsoever. Especially you know we know it's going to be the whole arena versus Sheffield on the on the second semi final. Um, I'm looking forward to that atmosphere being back. As much as I'm happy that the other teams get the shots of making it to the final four, I think what's going to show this weekend coming up or what's been missing for a while is as much as all 10 teams, if they can do it and get there, have the shot and fair play. When it comes to atmosphere making, there's probably no better four teams, if we're honest. Absolutely. Yeah, if you could handpick it, 
whether you're a fan of any of the teams or especially if you're the uh, the league chairman who counts the pennies coming into the weekend, you would be over the moon to guarantee that the big four would be there. Because I know Guildford have had a great season. They've massively probably overachieved if I'm being not uncruel, hopefully. Oh, they have. I'm fair play to them. I think because Nottingham, for whilst they're perennial shit the betters, they're still the top four. That's, if you were to say the biggest four teams in, in, in the league in terms of, you look at fan bases, history, arenas, whatever, they are the big four. And I think to have the four back, it feels like forever that the four teams have been there at the same time. It really does. And it's been great having likes of Dundee getting there, Fife getting there, Glasgow got there once upon a time, I think once, maybe. And it's always good to think, oh, well, you know, if they could pull off a shock, but, you always get the sense of whoever plays the so-called lesser team has an advantage over the whole weekend. If you're Cardiff or Sheffield or Belfast and you're playing Dundee or Fife first on that opening game, you generally find those games are fairly one-sided and you can hold a little bit back, I think, for the next day. And then the, tech, the next game that the two teams playing tend to be a bit closer in terms of league standards and they tend to batter each other and they go to sometimes overtime or if it's a tight game. But I think that both games have got the ability to be as, as tight as each other. I think the first game could hopefully be as exciting as the second game. And I think that if you're going to win this this weekend, to get past two good teams, you deserve it. You really do. Um, there's no passengers this weekend. There's no team that shouldn't be there. There's no team where they're coming just for fun, just excited to make it. A bit like five when they got to the Challenge Cup final. Nothing on. Come on. I know they beat Guildford, but don't be saying they deserve to be there. What, just because you predicted them. I'm not having that, John. They're a bigger team. Yeah, I'm not saying they're a bigger team, but let's have a go at Guildford. Absolutely embarrassing. Yeah, what happened? Like I said, embarrassing. Because, post, because, you know, because no one thinks Guildford will do well this year. It's like, oh, never mind Guildford. No, no. No, it's, it's on there. Dixon they, and his team should be ashamed of themselves. They Going lost four, the one down. They lost the league. not him. But they pulled it back last night. It was free all. It was it was zero zero with forty minutes to go, and they still they had they had their get out of jail card. They went three nil up last night. It was four four, and they still go and do it. They still go and shit the bed. And they their Twitter admin, who was all happy lappy this year, there's levels to this game, pal. And he 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 screwed it up. And he's like, oh, yes, we come second in the league. Um, we nearly did the playoffs, and we had a good CC run. No, 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 mister. You were giving it stacks earlier on in the season saying we're going to win the league. So, Guildford, embarrassing. Embarrassing. I'm not going to dispute that. I would, I would have happily seen them win the league over Belfast. We all would. And I'd have happily seen them come back and beat Nottingham. I was laughing at 3-0 thinking, if Nottingham blow this, I'd happily get my prediction wrong because there'd be 4,000 fans that won't want to be there next weekend and there'd probably be like maybe an extra 200 Guildford fans that might decide to make the trip. And a 3 0 down, they should have come back. The momentum was all one way. So, whatever's happened has happened. And okay, Nottingham scored two kind of quick goals to get back in the tie. Be thinking 3 0 down, they're between shell shot, the Panthers. And if you're a Panthers fan of that game, if you're thinking, what the actual fuck, you know, we've literally done the hard work last night. Within nine minutes, we've blown that whole tie. I feel a bit sorry for a few of the players, if I'm honest. He likes of O'Connor and Lakovic. They're never going to get that chance again to win the league. I honestly don't think that. I don't think they're going to get back in the top four team again. 
both good stalwarts of, of the league over the years. And I think there's going to be a long, long frustrating summer for the players and the fans because you ain't going to get another chance next year. Because no. Cardiff's going to set up the game next year. So will Sheffield. Nottingham would expect to try and get back some semblance of, of a challenge, you'd think. And I think Guildford will probably end up being back as a fifth-place team, maybe. Possibly six, because Coventry will look to improve. And I think, for me, as much as Nottingham... Sorry, Nottingham, but yelp. Belfast won the league. Guildford lost it. I think that three-game spell, when he lost three games at home in a week, was the key point of the whole season. And I know that you don't judge over weeks or two or three games short spells, but when you're listening at the business end of the year... Need a little bit of stability, a little bit of balls, a little bit of guile, a little bit of know-how. They came up short. And I hope it wasn't down to the coach because of, like the guy's a good guy, but I think when it came down to it, Keith had more about him. Exactly. Keith had more about him than Dixon did, and he's a nice guy. But I think if you had a likes of Keith in your locker room with like, eight games to go, wherever it was, you ain't losing three games at home back-to-back. Not a chance. Was I the only one, John? who thought Scott had been waiting for that moment to pass comment on their social media this year. He well, took out not, both fans. It was beautiful. He's um, not sure he'd come forward at the best of times, to be fair, as he really said, like, his little back pocket. Fair, when they're talking about mind the gap. Yeah, the gap's not that big. Yeah, that was a little bit naive, wasn't it? I think whoever that person was, I'm not sure if they're a hockey person, but we've all come and stuck over the years with making, like, sort of uh, predictions. When you're the official accounts... And you say stuff like that, you're going to be on a hide into nothing. And I think that when everyone saw that, even if you didn't believe they weren't going to blow the league, you're thinking, ooh, that's going to bite you in the backside, sunshine. And unfortunately for them, it did. And I think that a little bit of um, humility maybe may have to come into play, I think, regarding that, I think. Absolutely. Um, what I will say about that tie, um, you look at Nottingham... And everyone expects them to, to, to blow it because of how Guildford have been this season. To do all the damage at home. And then within nine minutes of the game, it's all, it's like, it's a, it's a winner takes all game for 50 minutes. How Guildford didn't do it at home, sold out their barn. They've done well all season there. Well, you know, they need to be asked, there'll be questions asked by Dixon. Having the tools, and it's not like they've had a shabby team. That team's been great, entertaining all season and tough. And you thought they'd learnt lessons from previous years. To not do it, maybe, but what I'll say either when I say the questions he's asking, it may be the last ones that they need to ask before they actually realise what they need to do to get over that line, whether it's a league title, whether it's a playoff campaign. Um, but I'll go on to Nottingham and Nielsen at it again. Shock horror. Two-legged tie. He does the business. He weren't expecting it given on his interview, but it's kind of like it's, it's same old same old, isn't it? Nielsen behind the bench and they make their own parter. But do you if Nielsen does it again, wow, amazing. But then if if they bring him back again, are we not just in Groundhog Day? Maybe chance. Is, yeah, I, I know, but we're just being Groundhog Day, aren't we? I'm not so I hope they do to be fair, because if I, I No, fuck it's... off, Nottingham winning anything. <laughs> no, 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 let, let me finish jumping in. Calm down. Just because your team got beat and you're still sulking. I'm saying, and I still hope they win it. If it's not Belfast, I hope they do. But if they appoint Corey as coach again, if you're a top three team, you're not really worried about Nottingham challenging, really, are you? 
I mean, let's be fair. He's a good coach. He's, a, he's got some good playoff credentials, good Challenge Cup credentials. They won one league under him in all the time he was there. Nottingham are a huge club, but they're just underachievers. And people going back, whether it be players, coaches, managers in sport, wherever, how often does it work out? Not very often it works out. So, yeah, it's, it's maybe what they know, but whilst the team wasn't his team over the second half of the season, it didn't excite me. It didn't make me worry about playing against Nottingham. But by the same token, if he does get to be there next year, does it mean that he, he gets the Brits sorted out? Does he bring some good Brits in with his contacts in the national team? You know, the tapping up works when Tomo was uh, in GB. All the best players from GB would end up where Tomo was coaching at some point. So Nielsen being behind the bench, it gives him a bit of a, a slight advantage, him and, and obviously Mr. Keefe. And uh, maybe it'll, at least from that point of view, solve the uh, problem they have of not having a good Brit core this year. Not, not a consistent Brit core, anyway. Not at all. Um, but, you know, that's that's for next season, that's for the summer um, before we go on to the semi-final uh, preview, we mentioned the drama that was more entertaining and got the popcorn sales going through the roof um, in the kind of commentary. Scott, do you want to just um, give us some detail on that? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't there. I wasn't involved. Uh, but you can hear about stuff that went on. There was some goading between each fan base. Uh, some offers of some fights, apparently, according to Twitter World. There is some videos going around place of a Cardiff head of security shouting at the uh, the Blaze fans. What was being shouted back, I don't know. I'm sure it wasn't all friendly from both sets of fans. I'm not going to stick up for, for my lot because I'm sure they were bang at it. But those said fan base then head to Cardiff the next night and re- refused entry. Um, how can you ban someone from a rink that something different happened? You could go and punch someone on uh, Smith Street, but on Jones Street, you've not done it, so you can walk down Jones Street. It, 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 it baffled me that. Uh, that was premeditated. He could have contacted the Coventry Blaze and said, look, these guys aren't getting in. You've let someone travel, and you've also let someone travel, not let them in, when you ain't being Mr. Clean Cut yourself. You have gone to Twitter and called Coventry fans retards. Uh, you have been seen to be aggressive, moaning about not being happening with your kids when you're being aggressive in front of your kids earlier. So, which one is it? You're either a good, no, good boy or you're not. And it clearly wasn't showing that he was a good boy. And calling people retards, um, for me, wouldn't be allowed in the sky I'll be that petty. It's always people, tough people on Twitter, isn't it? Or when they're standing over the other side of the ring, I'm baffled and I'm baffled. The thing is, we're a little bit, I suppose, biased either side. I know Ricky. You know the guys involved, obviously, in the college side. I know him personally. I actually spoke to him a little bit last night about it. And obviously I've got one vision of events. I'm sure you've had your vision of events off your friends that were involved as well. And between the two, com- you know, the two conversations is the truth. I'll be honest. I haven't spoken. I haven't spoken to him. I don't know. Okay, well, I'll, I'll, I'll admit I spoke to Ricky quite a bit last night about it because I was a little bit shocked. Um, surprised his comment in the first place. I don't think he helped himself with the comments on Sunday morning. And I did so. See, I think, oh, that's, not very professional because obviously whilst he was there in a fan capacity on the Saturday with his civvies on he wasn't head of security of Cardiff he wasn't that that role he was a dad and he maybe shouldn't have done what he did but I also know some of the provocation that happened it's probably been something that's been building for a while uh, sadly I think unfortunately there's 
a bit of a mindset in, in Coventry from the, the security side of things to turn a blind eye to things. I've seen it myself many times over the years where things have gone on and then often joking with the sort of set perpetrators of this, these sort of things that happen. To me, I think it's over, over dramatized. Yeah, I think all the boys in the group thought it was quite funny that they didn't get in. But then it's a bit of a tough one in a way because I could do one of two things. You could either sort of stop a problem before it happens. And I suppose that's probably their motivation in doing that. Because if they were allowed into the arena and it did kick off, then I suppose they're going to get blamed for that. Equally, not letting the boys in could have inflamed the situation as well. Because naturally, they're probably frustrated. They've travelled all that way for what would have potentially been a big game had it not been a four-goal deficit. And that could have caused problems outside. But I suppose at the end of the day, they'll come at it as in they're protecting everybody else inside. That's, I'm sure, what they'll come as, as their reasoning. And I think, unfortunately, there's a little bit of an element of behaviour you want, attitude from certain people uh, with no consequences. And unfortunately, actions have consequences. Maybe 24 hours later was probably not maybe the fairest way of dealing with it. But, yeah, I, I, I'm kind of torn on it because everyone's been ripping this guy to, to shreds. He's not a, a, a nasty guy. He's not a So uh, do it before, John. It's not hard to contact the Blaze and say, these ain't getting in. It's a very small community. You know who people are. It was you, People knew who, who was involved 10 seconds after the incident. It wasn't. It was premeditated that he was going to... It was give him... He acted like a bit of a sport back saying, oh, I'm the big I am. I'm going to not allow these guys in. When in reality, the night before, he was being just as... He was involved. He wasn't... I don't care if he's not Cardiff head of security. In my job... If I do something wrong in the street, I lose my qualification. So you are representing your work at all times. And it, it, it was premeditated. I, d- I have no qualms with him thinking, oh, I don't want to allow him in because it could ball over. I get that, 100% get that. But tell the club, don't let the guys travel. It's wrong. I'm well, new- the rivalry's back anyway. If nothing else, the rivalry's back at it. Scott's passionate. Scott's losing it. Coventry and Cardiff was boring for a long time. I think we can safely say the rivalry is back between those two clubs now, and I think that won't be the last of it, I'm sure. Sadly, sadly, yeah, sadly, you, you like things, things get put to bed, but people have long memories in, in, in sport, um, good and bad, and I think this potentially is probably not a good thing in the long run. Hopefully a bit of common sense will kind of come into play. Eagles will kind of calm down both sides, because there was, there was definitely not an eagle involved in it. Let's not pretend otherwise. But us boys, sometimes you can get a little bit egotistical and a little bit sort of, you know, full of testosterone. And I'm sure both sides would probably do things differently if they had the chance again. And hopefully they can find some common ground and just not be silly about it and let it die. But I don't believe for a second that's the last of it. I'll say one thing, and this is not me not knowing um, most, if not all, the uh, parties involved. I hope this weekend, if they are there, um, they can, you know, have a chat over a drink, sort whatever problems are. I'd hate for it to kind of spill over into to the the, the weekend. Um, but you know, you know when you see stuff on on social, I'm kind of broadening the subject here. I appreciate this was just a one game incident per se. You see a lot of aggro, a lot of stuff people say, and they don't think about it. And are we surprised that it happened in in a barn this year? Realistically given some of the crap that people have posted. And I'm, I say, while I'm saying this is a generic problem, it's not a dig at either side of what happened Saturday. But a lot of people post on there with a lack of responsibility. They don't care what they say. They need the likes. They need the edginess. 
and you know you poke the bear too many times and that bear bites and you know it would close happening Saturday so I, I really hope common sense will prevail I know sometimes hockey doesn't allow common sense to play into it at all levels um, but I hope especially this weekend just you know if, if you see each other have a beer have a chat sort it out be men and, and do it right you're right Dave you're right it has been going that way for a while I think there's certain people on social media that they think they can say what they want, post what they want, behave how they want, with no accountability. Even people we even know. And you, as you say, you can't keep poking about, you know, before he bites back, and that's going to happen. And it's getting to the point where by now, it will kick off. 100% it's going to kick off at some point, because you chuck emotions into the mix, alcohol, and a few bruised egos, and it could be nasty, and it's never been the way in our hockey community. It's never been that way. We've all watched football all our lives, the three of us and uh, our mates have come on. You see the way, the way people behave in football. Uh, it's not pleasant, but you expect it to some extent. You go there expecting to see grown men older than us not acting like little shitheads. And unfortunately, that's always going to be there. It's never going to go away. But it's never been about that in our sport. And it, you, you keep doing this and, and it keeps becoming acceptable and no one challenges it or, or takes it on or... Or has a word with people, it's just sitting up getting worse and worse and worse, and will it eventually like, say, spill over to the playoffs? And you've got like, fans kicking off each other in the arena after games. I hope not. But at the end of the day, you know, you, you can't keep sort of turning a blind eye to things and not challenging it before eventually enough's going to have to be enough before it does go to that next level. Yeah, people forgot how to behave when COVID started, didn't they? And I, and I think that's a massive element. I mean, this is going to be the first real playoffs in what? Last year was very diluted, wasn't it? Um, so when did we last have one? 20, 2019. So, you know, it's interesting times, but I mean, I'm, I'm up for doing Scott Finley promotions. I'll, I'll run a car park ring and we can all sort it all out. All good. <laughs> Shake hands after and let's go on with you it. You know what? I'll have 33% in that state just for it. Hopefully it pays for my weekend. Um, John, do you want the other 33%? Just cover costs. Uh, I, I'm normally a referee in these situations. I'm normally quite like a, a, a piece of guest commentary. We, me and you can do guest commentary. Yeah. I've tried to stop so many things over the years with like doing the travel and stuff, and I can see things, and I don't miss the days having to keep watching behaviour on both sets of fans because it was tough sometimes. You're watching things escalate, thinking, right, I better go in the middle of this now before it does kick off because reputations are at stake of, of, of either fan bases, and because I've been a flipping babysitter at times, and I don't miss that at all. Um, yeah, I think sometimes a few banging heads together would be a good idea in the right environment. Uh, no pun intended, Belfast, in case you come at me for the environment comment. That wasn't meant to be a dig. Um, but, like, you know, in my setting, I think people need to just get some stress off them. And as you say, come together, FBA. It's only a fucking game, guys, you know. And we've all, over the years, got emotional. We've all watched games and we've all got angry, frustrated, happy, whatever. It boils down to it. Is it worth being a dick over a game? It's a bloody game of hockey. It's not real life, guys. You lose, you win, you move on. I can't wait for the season to be over. Do stuff with my missus and my family and just forget hockey for four months. I won't give it a second thought all summer. I really won't. But unfortunately, some people make it so important in life that they make it all about the game and, and the results. Just think, of, just think of the friendships you can make from the, from the sport. You know, there's, there's, there's good stuff in the, in the sport that I'd rather associate myself with that than the, the knobbed and someone to just, you know, tear ribbon of each other all the time. 
just just look at this podcast. Sheffield, Cardiff, Coventry fan. We've had we have Belfast fans. We've had Glasgow fans, Nottingham fans. If you just kept the tribalness attitude, this wouldn't happen. So it's a valid point. The elder of the parish, he returns for a little second. But he makes a valid point. So please listen, guys and girls, because um, we don't discriminate. Both genders will just do rubbish. So please, let's have a good weekend, this one. Um, let's go on to that. So 3 p.m., I'm not liking the 3 and the 7 p.m. face-off times. 3 p.m., Belfast v. Nottingham. 7 p.m., Cardiff-Sheffield. Sorry, Sheffield-Cardiff. Um, we've kind of touched on the uh, the Belfast-Nottingham tie. Do we think Belfast are going to just steamroll them, or do you reckon it's going to be a, a bit of old-school sexy Nielsen hockey return? Wow. I don't care. No. Um, <laughs> I can't see past Belfast. They should. They should beat Nottingham. They are a better team. Maybe Nottingham put all their eggs in one basket, getting through to the the playoff weekend. But it it boils down to Corey Nilsson every time. It's his it's his baby, isn't it? He's won multiple playoffs. That's my only gripe in my head, saying that why Nottingham could do it. But surely Belfast will want to just slap Peyton Jones all over the ice. Yeah, I I. Like to put a case forward. Um, other than like Scott said, the Nielsen factor is that even a big deal? They've won what five in twenty-one years, and they've hosted it for the whole of that time. So they fail three quarters of the time, uh, and they do it a quarter of the time. I just can't see. I think if you look at the two rosters, you know, side by side, and I know it comes down to luck on the on the day, and it comes down to different factors like team, you know, teams being united, but. Belfast are stacked. You look at that team, top to bottom, there's no weaknesses really in that team. Nottingham haven't really got the same depth as, as Belfast. Interesting, that'll be the first game though, I think obviously because they, they play obviously early on and that's the kind of game that if Nottingham does win it, which I don't believe that they will, it makes for an interesting weekend then because all of a sudden both teams in the next semi-final think, ooh, okay, we got a chance here. Even though they're playing as the way to even call it that, you'd rather play Nottingham in the final than you would play Belfast for sure. But I'm going to go with a 5-2 Belfast win. I'm thinking on them scoreline as well. And with what you both have said, Belfast seems to have more tools to play hockey with, not being disrespectful to anybody, um, and just more explosion, you know, to be able to really destroy Nottingham. Um you know, you just always know there's just that nagging bit in the back of your mind going, them fuckers are going to do it. You just, it's always there when you see Nielsen and the Panthers at the playoffs. It's like, yeah, and you just don't want it. But I, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking my neck on the line. 5 2 Nottingham. I'm going with that as well. Scott, what's your scoreline? 4 3 overtime. Fair play. I'm assuming Belfast, yeah? Yeah. I hope Obviously. so. I just that's, think that makes, that makes it is, game. Corey, Corey, can you know? And I know it's never really mattered in the past, but there's going to be a hell of a lot of Nottingham fans there. With no, they've had nothing to cheer about all season. Um, and it's going to be weird for Steelers fans because they ain't going to want Giants to win, but they're not, they're not going to want the Panthers to win. You might as well just not bother going to game, sit in the pub. I think I was already doing that anyway. Yeah. Um, to move on to the second semi-final, Sheffield v Cardiff. Mm. Um, both teams who have been fair to say hit and miss all season. Uh, mm-hmm. Both teams have won close games against each other. 
Yeah. Both teams with coaching setups that both sets of fan bases aren't overly happy with, but can accept. It's a good job it's not the final because you could see this one doing what it did a few years ago and going to multiple periods of overtime. And thankfully, um, we don't want that. Um, Scott, we'll go with a neutral element first. Hmm. What are your thoughts? It's a fan base that pretend to not like each other as well, isn't it? It's a bit of a crappy Twitter rivalry, isn't it? Um, Petgrave to make a mistake leading to a Cox winner in a close game. I I think that's written in the stars. Uh, yeah, as a, as a whole, um, I think it's very fairly evenly matched teams. Uh, both got some p- powers in, in the forward areas, um, cap- very capable goalies, but uh, defences that make mistakes. So close game with a a mistake causing the winner. I think you just would like to see that because it would just be, make your weekend, wouldn't it? Given all the comments you've made on the the Petty one, um, and I say that absolutely with love and respect to you, Dr. Scott. John. Okay, uh, where I say I'm going to get shit for from people that know me. I know I take shit already. Fine, don't don't bother me in the slightest. It's a bit of a tough one in a way because I'd like to say it comes down to coaching. It'll it'll, it'll, it'll be such a tough tough game. I don't rate either coach, if I'm honest. I think they're both lucky to have been in positions that they're both in. I think it'll be a one-goal game. Um, both, obviously, Scottish, the, the fans do hate each other. They don't pretend to hate each other. They, they do hate each other. There's no pretend otherwise. Um, I'm going to go 4-3 to Steelers in regulation. I look at Cardiff, they have a line that's really firing, although they didn't really do much on Sunday. Sheffield have a line firing quite well. Greenfield and Bounds are playing very, very well. Slightly creaky defences. I'm gonna go I'm gonna go five three Sheffield. Empty net to do, to differentiate it all. Um I think it's gonna be a game that we'll both hate. Uh and then we get to do all the nerves again the day after. So on that basis, if we said, let's go on the two scenarios. Belfast, if it's Belfast, Cardiff, one way down to who do we call winning? Scott? Belfast. Oh. Cardiff. Hopefully. I, I, see, I, I think Belfast would do it. I think the, 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 the beating here before will uh, spare them on. No, if it means Nottingham winning, anybody, we do not need Belfast to win this weekend. We have to have a united front. Every team, if they have to share players sneakily behind the scenes, whatever, do you know what I mean? <laughs> do we need to do, boys? We used, uh, used to share in other stuff, so might as well. Well, <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> we can't bring the pot into dispute. Uh, yeah, I'm going to say it, anyone but Belfast. I know they'll give me some shit, but I don't give a crap. And if it's a Belfast-Sheffield final? Steelers. You'll go Steelers, Scott? Belfast. (laughs) (laughs) I think, sadly, it would be Belfast. I just think they'd have a bit much. But although I'm with your mindset, John, um, the the reality is they are a, a lot better team than the three teams that are there, although I agree with you, if any teams are going to beat them, 
yeah, kind of contradicts the other ones that are there. Either way, um, we'll go on to the topic now. This weekend we'll see, or this weekend gone, have seen some players finish retiring. This weekend we'll see, we know of at least two that play in their last games. Um, we'll go on to them afterwards, but uh, Craig Peacock, uh, long servant of the British game, has uh, announced before the quarterfinals he was retiring. Um, and that's now done with Bel- uh, Glasgow being knocked out. Um, I'm, I'm not aware of any others that have been announced. Gents, do you know of any others that's been announced? Um, well, Garrett Johnson, I know he's only been in the league for one year, but there was a post put up last night on socials that, that he is now retiring, which is a shame. Uh, I know I put him in my all-star team. Uh, hell of a player. I know Greg's not his favourite guy at the moment because uh, there was an incident with Cox. But no, as a whole, Stella. Stella player and it's a shame that he's not coming back. Very much so, yeah. Um, and there's obviously Peacock. Um, many years for Belfast, Glasgow, Fife, uh, and good servant for GB. Um, yeah, bit, Pe- a Peacock's one. a weird one because um, when the Blaze were in our pump, we we were close to signing him. Tomo was in for him. Um, he ended up at, in Belfast. Would have been a very good a good player for the Blaze. I think he would have suited the rink. Um, Last few years, it's kind of gone down a little bit, his production. I still think he could have been a, a top six player. Once he lost his kind of GB roster spot, it, it kind of all went downhill. Not downhill, sorry, that's very disrespectful. But what um, wasn't the player that you you seen a few years ago, I, I felt. But, but well, a great career in the league. He's won a few trophies, so I'm sure he's very happy and doesn't really care what I've got to say. I didn't mean to sound disrespectful in what I said, but in me hearing my mouth then, I'm just going to shut up. You're so disrespectful. I did mean to. I it really <laughs> sounded wrong. A guy that's like probably played like maybe one game of street hockey in his life, probably. Um no I'll back myself up then, sorry, I'll back myself up. He yeah, should have been playing issues. he should have been playing for a, a top four team for longer than he did. Well okay. hear me out and I might actually agree with you a little bit. You're so feisty, so you're so angry. A team lost, the team lost, right? Yeah, it's, it's coming across very well. You're, you're kind of making that point quite clear, your behaviour this evening. Do the pair you need to go into corners and have a Absolute bit of a Absolute hooligan. Sorry, everybody that's listening to this, if anyone does listen pe- to pe- us. you may need some downtime for a few seconds. Right, I, I shall try and say it a little bit more, n- less nastily than Scott said it. I think, to be fair, when he was over in Belfast, I think, personally... He was maybe top two or top three Brit forwards for me in the league. He could play all situations. He'd play penalty kill, power play. He'd be great on the on the penalty shots. He was lights out all the time. I know that Kalman wanted to try and get him from Belfast when he was uh, first at Cardiff. And at the time, Belfast obviously didn't want to get him, let him go um, for obvious reasons. And then when he did go to Gil, uh, to Guildford, Glasgow, right there, it could have been a big move for him. It could have been where he could have been a big fish in a small pond, not just another decent Brit in Belfast. I don't think he fulfilled that, unfortunately. I don't think. I think Glasgow probably thought they were getting a stud player that didn't really sort of, for whatever reason, come through in, in Glasgow. The fact he went to play for five for a little bit as well. And I think, yeah, his, his career probably didn't end the way it, it could have or should have done. He was more than capable of playing for a top three or four team for a long time. And for whatever reason, it didn't sort of work out in Belfast. And then Glasgow has just been less than average, we say. 
Um, he lost a GB spot, which at the time was a surprise, and I think at the time we had less depth than what we do now. So and I was a bit disappointed because at t- the time he was one of the players that could score goals for GB at that level. I don't know whether I don't know the guy personally. Is it just a lack of desire? I, I don't know, but it just his career has kind of yeah fizzled out, should we say, fizzled out a little bit and. He's not the miss now that he'd have been a few years ago, which is fair enough, he's a few years older, but looks like, like a genre that kept going and going and going for a few years longer than, than Craig Peacock. And Peacock is a, is, a, is a fantastic player that probably didn't reach his full potential, in my opinion. No, an absolute um, quality player. I mean, especially in Belfast, it seemed to be kind of in his, in his pomp and he was scoring for fun. And you knew when you were playing against him, you kind of, you know, you look at players with fear. Peacock was always one of the players that you kind of gone. Mm, he's probably going to do some damage. So, losses to the game. Um, I appreciate um, Johnson had been here one year, but the um, what he'd done for the Blazers and, and everything, he kind of is a bit of a sad feel, but wish them both all the best. For me, you know, though, when an import retires, it's not the end of the world. You know, it's not that, but they have an impact. It's still kind of, you know... Yeah, yeah, I mean, we will have players at clubs who supported where there's been guys you sad to see retire whether we have to win season five, whatever, and but they're irreplaceable. But top Brits, though, they're just not around. And I think when we're, it's a worry that we're losing three or four Brits this summer that heading towards retirement. But then equally, I look at that squad that was announced today, and it makes you realise how much talent we've got available. There's still two or three players who are not even playing, like likes of Ferrara and Conway. And there's a few players that I think could have made the squad too that they didn't make that you know preliminary squad. So I think that. It's time now for the younger guys to hopefully get a chance in the next couple of years, and we're looking good. I think if Peacock and Felix and John had retired maybe five years ago, we'd have been struggling, I think, to replace those people. Um, but we don't seem... Ross Venus played his last game for the Coventry Blaze. I seem to remember him as a, as a kid in a cage, scored, one of the youngest to score for Coventry under Tomo, and has been the stalwart of the Blaze. Um, I know we mentioned him briefly, but let's give him a bit more airtime, Scott. It's uh, it would be very strange, I suppose, from a Coventry fan to to see the roster next year and not hear Ross Venus as part of that. Oh, it's mad. Twelve years. Um, got a goal last night as well to see him off. I, I figures with Ross, he's a quiet guy. Um, doesn't like. Doesn't like to do interviews, doesn't like that sort of thing. But a great guy to speak to once you get him on his own. And it must have been a hard decision for him. He's going off to the real world, get a job. He's um, been in a relationship with a, a girl for a while now. And obviously, time's moving on for him. I'm sure we'll see him in the lower leagues, playing his thing, scoring loads of points. The thing is with Ross, he, he's always pigeonholed as a great PK guy. And he was. He blocked every shot going, but... Some of the goals he scored for the Blaze, he proper snipers, sniper finishes and the breakaway goals he scored. I know it's against your team, David, but that's like seven years ago. He's still young lad, still learning the game and won us the playoffs that year. Um, a Brit that's uh, not the first Brit on everyone's names, but a very important Brit in my eyes. And uh be sad to see him go. I think on the flip side to what you said about Peacock, I think Venus is probably the guy that's fulfilled his potential, and maybe if not more, because he's the kind of player that no one really ever talks about. He was always that kind of spare British forward that sometimes would make the cut, sometimes wouldn't, and he was never like a, a standout Brit in terms of you wouldn't have him in a conversation with like 
Robert Dowd, for example, you know, you wouldn't mention him as a, as a stud forward. But he's been a good team guy. Again, like David, I remember him being a spotty little guy in a cage, and that seems like two years ago. And like the thing, it must have been 15 years ago, must have been probably that he was that young guy on loan to Telford to try and get toughened up a little bit and, and play in the league. And in a blink of an eye, the guy is retiring. Um, and good for the guy. I think when you don't watch him week in, week out, like Scott does, we don't really notice a player like him. I think it's he should be dismissive a little to some extent. And Scott being pro Coventry as he is, he's he's he's, big, he's banged the drum all, all year with us lot, and he's told you and I particularly how good he is. And I've made more of an effort to watch Venus play, if I'm honest, just based on what Scott's been telling me. Um, and I've been a bit surprised. He's played he's played some fantastic. I've seen quite a few Coventry games this season, and he doesn't look our place with any Brit he's on the ice with. And he's a big. Con- Compliment a guy that can skate with any import or against any import and look at that level. And so that's right, he's got some big goals this season. His breakaway, he's, he's always very calm, he's always very composed. But for whatever reason, he's always overlooked. He somehow has gotten below the radar as a player that you don't talk about. But yeah, he's racked up a lot of GB caps. It's a shame to some extent his career hasn't won him many titles, but then he's been such a loyal player to Coventry for so many years that. That didn't afford him that luxury of going to play for other teams and maybe even a few trophies in his cabinet. But um, yeah, it'd be, it'd be a loss, and I think Coventry particularly will lose him, uh, will miss him. Sorry, um, I said GB looking a bit healthy in terms of if he does retire, when he's retiring, there's guys you know chomping to take his place, but a hard play for Coventry to replace. He's Coventry through and through, he really is. And when you think of, of Coventry as a team. He's one of the first guys you think of for that particular team, and I think that you don't replace a guy like that very easily. Um, so, yeah, it's a shame to see him go. You don't. I mean, I, I agree with you in the respect of he probably did achieve everything he could and more. But I think the one thing, and Scott, please, and this is when I say this out, so looking in, tell me if I'm wrong. He was part of that core that gave Coventry that bit of identity and was able to say, this is, this is the lay of the land. And if you don't go it, you're not going to last long, you know. He was part of that culture of Coventry. So, and, and for that alone, John, you're absolutely right, it's difficult to to replace. Um, you look at Sheffield with that core of Phillips, Hewitt, Thomas, Dowd, when then players started finishing, who were the identity, and, you know, they said what the core was. It's always difficult. So I think that's going to be Danny Stewart's, one of his biggest challenges is replacing that one guy who can, kind of tell whoever comes into the team this is what it's about um, and good luck to Danny Schwartz on that one because I don't think that's going to be as easy as uh, anybody will think as we obviously mentioned John obviously he will be playing his final domestic game this weekend um, I don't know if you watched the game on Saturday John but uh, probably one of the most emotional nights at the arena for a Steelers game for a long time uh, seeing him uh, play his last game as a Steeler um, and I suppose it's nice that he gets a shot of saying goodbye on the biggest stage. Yeah, it was kind of weird because I only watched the webcast and I saw like the behind the scenes when he was in the room and and obviously in his last ever speech as a captain in that room and it must have been a kind of a weird feeling for him and being as a Cardiff boy, I'm a bit biased. He's always been a kind of guy that I like. He's from a, a part of Cardiff where he's, 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 he's done well to get escape and, and, and he's done really well with his career. Great guy, absolute great guy. You're never going to find a guy that'll have a bad word to say about this this fella. Um, and it was it was kind of weird because I I said like at the time it seems like bizarre that he won't be playing for there ever again, playing up there. And 
when at the end he looked a bit almost embarrassed to be having attention on him, which is him, I think, summed up. He's not the kind of guy that likes attention. He's not the kind of guy that looks to be the big I am. He goes about his job, low profile, like Mark Richardson, just quality guy in and out of the room all the time. And then when they brought that car on the ice for him, you can see he was just genuinely just stunned and confused. And, and I think it's more than deserved. I know the boys are taking the piss. It was on your course, if your employer gives you a free car when you finish your career, fair play. What a great gesture. And I just think that it'll be such a travesty if he's not involved in the game at some point. I've said it before, in some level, because he's just too good to lose as a as a player, as a person. And he's got so much to pass on to like the younger kids that are coming through now. And hopefully he can be involved, whether it be in, in a domestic side or national side at some point, because the guy just oozes class and... Sheffield will be a worse team for not having him on the team next year because you just can't imagine another captain being as good as him. You can't. Um, I'll just go on to one point you're saying about him not wanting the attention. Of any night, that was just about him in terms of the send-off and goodbyes. He still involves Brendan Connolly, and I appreciate he had a little chance of a nod the week before, but to still involve him in that kind of goodbye thing, to give him the shot, said a lot about him. Um, and in terms of we uh, you know, captain, you look at the names of Sheffield captains who are legends of the club and you never thought the likes of, oh, anybody would surpass Nemeth Shudra. But Jonathan Phillips has done that for me and a lot of people. Scott, um, I know we, we, okay, we, we talked about it already on the pod, but one one last uh, chance on the big stage is uh, just seems right, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, before, before I go on to just com- my comments, he got a car. Someone yeah. gave him a car. Who gave him a car? You're not joking now, aren't you? You've not seen the group when the boys... I, I was, I okay, was so, enjoying my luxury lodge this weekend. Okay, maybe. so the car that he would, was given, the club that rents the car, yeah. so the, club that he, the car that he has all season, the car have changed ownership, have got the ownership of the car, instead of it rented, they've actually bought out, and he has now that car. Oh, so not Simsy hasn't been to Small Heath and got him a new camp-out change one. Uh, no, no, no. It's, it's the first... Okay. Place. So story goes, uh, they got his keys from his pocket, uh, got the car out of the car park, relative it, uh, personalised uh, registration plate, um, and uh, then, then brought it onto the ice. So it's his now. It's, it's, it was the set of cars at the club with a sponsorship, uh, lease and rent to, to give to the players to go about the business all season. So the one that he's had is now his. Yeah. That's nice, they, isn't it? They drove the car onto the ice at the end of the game, Yeah, and it was just like this. So it's clear what was going to probably happen. And, like, he looked at, like, a bit sheepish, and he's like, what's going on here kind of thing? And the next thing, they all just piled on the car, and he got told his car was his. It's all so, fair yeah. well, but last week he went to the dealership, and he's just done a three-year plan on a new car that he can't back out of. So, you know, <laughs> no. Um, Mr. Phillips, yes. Um, I don't believe it's the last we'll see of him in a Steelers shirt. I just think that come November, when you're struggling with injuries, it, it's Rod Saric all over again. Uh, but I hope that doesn't happen. I hope he can in, enjoy his retirement. But let's face it, he, he'll probably make a cameo, won't he? No, best of luck to the guy. Best of luck to the guy. And uh, I hope um, he goes out, not with a Steelers championship, but the, the GB one. But yeah, well done. Well done. I will, I will say this. Uh, the owner, Tony Smith, did confirm in the programme uh, the correct news that his number will be retired uh, and will be the presentation will be done at some point next season. Um, if ever there was a banker piece of news, it was that, uh, given everything he's done. Um, sure. 
at Sheffield. So we're going to see some uh, players leave the game. Um, but it also gives the other ones, the younger guys, the chance to take the spots. So uh, time will tell with that one. So that's it for this, this pod. We were going to hopefully try and keep it short and sweet, but these two weren't behaving, so we had to sp- spend longer. Um, let's finish it on yeas and nays. Um, John. If you remember what this bit is, because I know a few weeks we, we've you've struggled to remember. What's your yay in it? I have indeed. But in my defence tonight, this was a hastily arranged pod. I even missed a spin class for this. That's a big sacrifice. So it is. I'm going to go. We appreciate it massively, and the listeners will appreciate it massively. Yeah, mate. it's all because the diva Scott was like busy doing other things yesterday, tonight, and stuff. Do you know what I mean? But I'll accommodate. I'll help a mate out. You know, help a brother in a bad situation. That's why I'm here. Um, back to the point in hand, though. I'm going to go yay. Hmm. Maybe that the playoffs should be fun in terms of there's four teams with big fan bases there. There's going to be a lot of egos bouncing around, but it's going to be good to see a proper playoff weekend for the first time in a while where everybody's there. I'm looking forward to seeing a lot of people at the weekend. Uh, and a nay, Guildford. 3-0 up, looking like they're going to come back and pull off an absolute stonking result, and they went and then blew it. So a nay would be them. I've got a few I could choose tonight, but I'm just going to go with one each at the moment. I'm just going to stick with one of each. Scott? Yeah, is the delightful place of Ingrid Mills, Skegness, really making you feel good about yourself when you're walking down the street. It's a, a joy of uh, Skegness and the UK society. No. <laughs> I'd love you weekend, I'll be honest. But no, class place. Enjoyed it. Uh, Nays, not starting with Rania against Cardiff. Um, and stinking out of the place to end what could have been a decent season. But we go again. That's what you got to say, isn't it? Yeah. My Nays. Always, always place. next year. Always next year. But it's, it, okay. it's not. We, if we're being honest, the Blaze should have done a lot better this season top four was very achievable so we've ultimately failed and I don't like to use that word but we have to have that mantra we have to say oh it was no you can't be saying it was an okay season we need to build on it uh, to get back to challenging again because we're not that far off you're very vanilla uh, excuse me very vanilla yeah. never yeah. been called that in my life what are you on about your team is, your team is. Oh, I thought you said I am what about you in it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boys, love you. Oh, dear. Anyway, on so, Friday night, we can have some, some nice oh. commiseration. We'll all look after you on Friday when you're like sort of sulking that your team isn't there and you're all in your head that they're going to win the playoffs. We'll look after you, Scott. Don't worry. Okay. All right. I'm sure we'll do. So, yes. Um, I'm, I'm going for, um, that's, I hate it because it's for the team I'm going to mention. Nottingham proving us all wrong and making the player final four. I don't like it either because I want to see them fail at every opportunity. But fair play, you tip me cap. Uh, Nays, that minute in Manchester where Sheffield just panicked and, and gave them some a sniff, thankfully didn't uh, impact on anything the night after. So there we go. That's it. Very quick on the socials, Twitter, Instagram at 3 on 3 Podcast UK. YouTube, we have a channel which has the second and third 
uh, videos up with the interview with Zach Zofan. That's gone down well. I've, I've been getting done what you guys have had, but I've had some really good feedback on that. Um, so if you haven't listened already, search for a Free and Free podcast you can on YouTube, and you'll see both parts there. Uh, Facebook, Free and Free Podcast UK. Before I go on with goodbyes, if you, we are all at Nottingham, so if you see us around, come and say hello. Come and say that we're shite, as one person did on the Twitter. Thank you very much for that, gentleman. Um, have a beer with us, tell us what we've been wrong, where we've been right. We don't bite. Um, John does if he's paid the right amount. Um, well, Scott's been biting all night, to be fair, so I can't guarantee Scott's not biting. No, I was going to say the same thing. Come and say hello to us, guys. You know, there's people that we've never met before. Come and say hello to us and tell us how rubbish we are and we'll, we'll listen, you know, take our feedback. Now, we say we've had some great um, interaction over the last 32 episodes and people that I don't know or I've got to know over the interaction. So if you're there, Nottingham, meet us up um, and let's have a beer or soft drink. And uh, And chat about hockey. Let's make it official, guys. We're not going to go too hard on Friday night, yeah? We all know the rules on Friday in playoffs. Everyone plans, let's not go too hard on the first night and what always happens. And all I would say, like, if Dom is around, which he's going to be with us on the Friday, don't drink Jager Bombs with Dom, whatever you do, boys, because it won't end up well. So that means John's going to end up in Pop World on Friday night. It's going to happen. John, Scott. I'm a Pop World, I'm a Pop World virgin. Are you? In in any city, yeah. I've never been to Pop World. Right. Ever. Okay. Thank you for that information. Oh, that sounds like it's going to be used against me at some point. <laughs> no, 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 no. It won't be used against you in any way, shape, or form. Um, but we'll just uh, build your character, if we'll put it that way. John, Scott, um, thank you as ever. Um, I appreciate it's uh, Bank Holder Monday, but we've got this one out ready for the weekend. Thank you for your time. Thanks, boys. Nice another one done, and we can uh, have a nice evening relaxed now, and I certainly went for a change. Or Scott goes off his awards. Yes. Uh, thanks. Thanks to everyone, really. Uh, regular season's done. Uh, I've enjoyed doing this. Um, it's been good. Let's close the gate. The gate, the gate, the gate even is definitely closed. And that is it for another episode of the Three on Three podcast.